Welcome back, everyone, to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. We are back. We took a week off, and uh, we're here to talk about something special today. But before we do that, guys, I don't know if it's weird for me to say this, but happy Valentine's Day to you guys. I hope you guys <laughs> have done good things for your significant other. Oh, Ed, what are you God. doing for your special lady? The chocolate? Oh, yeah. I can't. The candy? I can't. Re- I can't reveal everything. A, a player has to keep some things in house, but let rest assured the game continues to be tight. But we do have a big day planned tomorrow, and it'll be fun. We're going to have our couples podcast on Facebook, Party mm. 2. That's going to be popping. And we've got a few other social media surprises, so check out your boy's account. But what stays in Soul and Stereo Studios going to stay in the studio, dog. I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this. Have either of you ever given the girl that, I don't know how to explain it. It's like this cheap-looking bear that comes in a, a basket wrapped in plastic. It's like I in the dollar exactly store or something. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. pharmacy. Yes. Have you ever given that as a gift? No. Uh, no. Okay, I have good. not. Right, they, I thought you were going to say you did. Did no. you get Marlon Lee <laughs> I, I joke know. with Marlene every year. I'm like, there's your gift. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they're probably like 20 bucks on Valentine's <laughs> <Yes>. Day. <laughs> That's yep. how they get you. But um, I mean, we have so much to talk about this week. You know, we, we've done the revisiting of years. Now we're really going to take this opportunity. And this might change along the way because we're just trying to find the best topics and discussions to talk about. We're going to talk about Timbaland mm-hmm. today and revisit his career from the start all the way to present day. But before we do that, I have a question for you guys. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, boy. Pertaining to Valentine's Day. Let's go back on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is the most expensive meal you've paid for? And what is the cheapest meal you've paid for on Valentine's Day? Oh, oh my. Am I going to hear a Burger King in here somewhere? I'm going to pull oh, an wow. headline. Here, here, here's an headline. I'm going to keep it real with you, players. <laughs> <laughs> I, me, <laughs> me and Marlene, and this is the smart way to go, do not celebrate Valentine's Day. Excellent. Because, and thankfully she's on the same page, it is not a real holiday. Mm. We celebrate each other throughout the year, and thankfully that's worked out. And you see, I'm not mad at that. Like, I'm not mad at anybody that does that. I only get mad at you salties who go around throwing tomatoes at people who do celebrate. But if no, you're like, no. you know... I'm going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate all year long. This is just another day. That's cool. A brother respects that. But you salt throwers, you shade sackers, you sit down and let people be in love. Well, well I you, Sean Tate's got a man. Did, Kyle, didn't you take a girl to IHOP once? Yeah, but that was uh, that was on my birthday. <laughs> that's that's different. Oh, that's oh, a free excuse meal. me. It's, it's my birthday. Uh, can we give <laughs> can we give a shameless plug here? Oh boy! Can we give a shameless plug to Carlton Cards? Who charge ten dollars oh, for man, a card? Yeah. Who does that? Well, uh, them because I do have to buy a lot of cards. You know, I'm away from my folks, and a lot of times I will send Valentine's cards and birthday cards. Those cards, player, are like ten, fifteen dollars each. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will <laughs> tell you guys. Of a Ninja Turtle in 1991. Who's going down? The one thing I like about Valentine's Day is Conversation Hearts, one of my favorite candies of all time, believe it or not. You would like like Conversation (laughs) Hearts. They taste like chalk that you write on a chalkboard with. I love that chalk. Oh, God. Well, it's better than those like red cinnamon hearts. Now, that's true. 
that That's tastes sad. like gum. It's like toothpaste. I don't want cinnamon candy. Uh-huh. Oh boy, we have a we have a guest in the house, Triborough Gigolo, our dude who was trying to call us out really hard a few weeks ago. Why was he Man. trying to call us out? He kept naming people we were leaving out. I forgot what the discussion was, and he was like way off on all of them. I think it was about if someone uh, had classic no, albums or was a legend. No, it, it was about Amory, but th- that was weeks ago. Oh, Amory had no hits. That yes. was the one. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, I remember that lie. Okay. That was weeks ago. <laughs> we're, we're moving forward. Water under the bridge. Today we're talking yes, yes. about... Okay, we good. Today we're talking about Timbaland, VA's own Timbaland, or Ed. If as, we're going to be... Sub- yeah, if we're going to sub- celebrate him, pal, shouldn't you pronounce his name correctly? Sorry, this is what I see on social media a lot, Ed. <laughs> like, I've seen Darnell Jones, but I also see Timberland. Can you please explain <laughs> this Timberland? I don't know why people just don't actually look at the letters that are in the name. There are Timberland boots. I'm sure Tom is very familiar with them, being from New York. That has a little tree on the side. That is Timberland. <laughs> and then you have Timberland with a whole bunch of A's in it. That is the legendary producer from my home of VA. Shout out to my boy. Love him to death. My favorite producer of all time. And I feel like one of the best all-around producers in the past 30 years. Hip-hop, R&B, even pop, even rock. He's done it all. So, Tom, Ed explained who Timberland is. He explained Timberland the beat. I mean, the boot. So, let me ask you, who is this? Justin Timberland. Because I've seen that, too. <laughs> Just Justin Timberland. I've seen that. I remember seeing that when his first album came out. They called him that. I love it. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like in Dragon Ball Z when they do the little fusion dance and turn yes. to one person. That's what that is. Yes. I mean, we got to talk about Timbaland from the beginning of his career as we know it, because we could spend an hour talking about just his time in the basement. But for the sake of time and for the sake of us having a Devante uh, discussion in a future episode, we're going to jump right into... 1996 here and i'm going to name out a couple of projects a couple of songs and ed i want you to talk about the impact that these records had on r&b i'm talking about songs like pony with the burps with one in a million by Aaliyah with the cricket sounds like talk about that era i've discussed a little bit before about how just impactful that is it's hard to describe if you started listening to R&B in 2003 or, or like 2009 because the production is so layered. Back then, production was not presented in this way. And when you had beats that were essentially beats on top of beats on top of beats, and I'm going to throw in this weird sound effect that has absolutely nothing to do with anything, whether we're talking about the crickets or later on the baby crying and later on Godzilla was screaming. All of these things that were accentuating these beats that on paper should make absolutely no sense, but essentially became his distinct sound. His distinct sound was dark. It was weird, but it worked. So when these beats came out, you instantly knew a Timberland beat because it was like nothing else on the planet. It just felt like something that was plucked from outer space. And that's how he made his name as a producer. He introduced a sound to R&B. In my lifetime, I can't think of another producer who immediately just changed the landscape with like two or three beats. That's how impactful his work was. I'll start with the Genuine album, Kyle. I know you Mm -hmm. love this album too, but man, that album still sounds fresh for me to listen to. It was just so innovative. 
the production he had throughout the whole project gave us something we never heard. Honestly, it was probably a bit risky at the time, if you think about it, because yeah. it didn't sound like anything else that was out. They took a risk. You know, Pony blew up, obviously. Yeah. I'll do anything. I'm sorry. We love that song. Absolutely love it. Um, there's some other great ones on here, but that definitely was the groundwork for a lot of other music to come in R&B after it. I can only imagine how people who were fans of like 80s R&B were rolling their eyes at this sound coming into R&B. But oh, yes, man, Kyle, we love this album. But I'll say this, though, as somebody who was I mean, I won't say that like I was obsessed with 80s R&B, but I was around people who were they were just kind of blown away. It wasn't, you know, we hear today to divide where it's like, oh, this doesn't sound like hip hop. This sounds like hip hop. This doesn't sound like R&B, blah, blah, blah. We get that. And that would happen later on. And actually, it happened a lot in the early 90s. That's mm-hmm. another story. When these beats came out, it was just like. I don't know what this is. Right. I've never heard anything like it, but I kind of dig it. And that was the genius. Tom said that this was like a risk. It was a huge risk, but it worked because it was just so different. You couldn't you couldn't say it was a bad beat. You couldn't say it didn't work. And there was still the foundation of R&B because we still heard actual vocals. We still heard singing. We still heard good songwriting, even though the songwriting was very different for the time. It was still R&B just placed in a different space. Now, I want to bring up the Aaliyah album as well. That one came yeah. out, I'm looking at the release dates, a couple months before the Timbaland one, one in the Million album. Yep. And he didn't produce this whole album like he did for Genuine, but he had, I'm looking at the track list of the songs he did, Beats for the Streets intro, Hot Like Our One in a Million, If Your Girl Only Knew, Four Page Letter, and then um, Heartbroken, Never Coming Back, and Ladies in the House. Yep. And... Um, Missy wrote on a lot of those songs as well. We always have to give her credit when we mention Timbaland. But, you know, songs like One of the Million, which you mentioned that I love If Your Girl Only Knew, just the, the vibe of that song. Yep. Four Page Letters, so timeless. I mean, every song he did on here was, was super dope. I love both of these albums. Some of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And go ahead, Kyle. No, I was going to say, um, Ed, when you go back to the point of people from the 80s that loved 80s R&B and how they felt about, you know, this sound. I will agree with you. A lot of people love this sound, but there was one fan base that hated this sound. And when we talk about stands and and factions, I mean, we have the Beehive, we have the Rihanna fan base. I've never seen a fan base more toxic, guys, than the Prince fans. Have oh. you guys been on that Prince forum? I have not. I Go ahead. I would not say they are the most toxic. My they goodness. Are up there. They are they, they, they pretty much hate everything. And they, yes, they, they do. They especially hate Genuine's cover of When Doves Cry, yeah. which as a Timbaland fan, I love his cover. But Prince fans, man, if you mention that cover in front of them, they will rip you to shreds. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I've gone on record. I'm not a big fan of it either. It's an iconic record that just like they tried something different and props for trying something different. Mm-hmm. It didn't really work for me. But I do think that, I, again, this was an opportunity to put a new sound and a new face on it. In that case, it didn't work. And you know a fan base will hold a grudge for 40 years, <laughs> yeah. which is why they're still pissed off. But they tried it. It didn't work. He had better songs. Whatever. Move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the thing about Prince, though, and not to get on the tangent and go, this is a whole other topic, but he always seemed to carry himself in that way, kind of. Yeah. Um, with a bit of arrogance and he didn't really want people to ever cover his music. He, he always kind of shunned record labels thinking he could do it all himself and kind of 
yeah. wanted to be his own thing. And I mean, I don't know, maybe they kind of took on that persona. Maybe he wasn't like that at all. That's just the way I viewed him of how he appeared to be. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple of other records from this era that I think we all love here. Big records. And I might be missing a couple here, but I want to hear your reactions when I say these records, guys. Nicole mm. Ray, Make It Hot. Mm. Uh, uh. <laughs> there he goes. There uh. he goes. <laughs> you know. You already know. We got the SWV yep. record. Can we get Kiki uh, tonight? One of my favorite Timbaland productions. I love that one. Got the total record. Tripping. Oof. Oh, I, yeah. I feel that like that's crazy. one of the more underrated beats. That's one of his more underrated beats for sure. I agree. Yep. Um, of course, we have the player record, Cheers to You. One yep. of my favorite songs of all time. Amazing and, song. Ed, you mentioned the Aaliyah record, Are You That Somebody? Another one of my favorite songs of all time. Yep. And then we can't forget, Tom and Ed, about the Timbaland and Magoo albums or the Timbaland solo albums because those albums had a bunch of R&B on there too. Ed and Tom, I know you guys love the genuine and play a record joy. Oof. I man. love joy. I yeah. love birthday. Mm-hmm. I love stuff from the Indecent Proposal album. And I don't want to get too hip hop-ish on it, but those yeah. albums are people always hit your boy up. They always say, Oh, you don't like fun. You just want rapid and rap beats. You want everybody to rap like <laughs> Rock Him. No, <laughs> I just want to have stuff that's creative. And that's inventive. And if it's going to be fun, like, let it be fun. Talking like you got a mouthful of somas is not fun to me. I like energy. <laughs> and these albums, no, my man Magoo is not cannabis with the bars. Mm-hmm. Although he sounds like it next to these guys y'all like today. Mm. But these albums are so fun. And there are so many R&B gems. Go back to the first album and look up Aaliyah's Man Undercover. That's one of her most Oof. fun songs yes. that song. no yeah. one ever talks about. Yep. So yes. There's so many gems that are just buried in those Timbaland and Magoo albums. I love them to death, especially in Decent Proposal. Another one of my favorite albums. John Blaze was another one. Yep. Yep. If, if you're listening to this podcast you never heard the play and genuine song Joy from Timbaland and Magoo's Welcome to Our World album, log off for a second. Check that out. Amazing. I, well, song. I don't think you can. Good. I think Blackground took oh, that off. Oh man, yeah. it might be on YouTube though. It's it's on YouTube. I listened to it a maybe a month or so ago. So it's around if you know where to look. I'll let me in the DMs if you don't. And, can and, I, Kyle? Can I nitpick on something about Timbaland for a second? I'm going to say something negative actually. All right, because once oh, you see, say that, I gotta gotta throw hands. But go ahead. Once Tom. you say that, I'm going to counter you with one of the best Timbaland beats ever. So whatever you say won't oh. matter. So just go for it. No Timbaland. Guys, and we have to keep it real. One no, of keep the it worst, real. One of the worst rappers of all time. Mm, well, well, I but think yes, that the, yes, yes. But he no, wasn't no, trying no. to be lyrical. Well, that's I'm what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think saying. that he would argue that. I think that he would say that he does what he does. There have been times, again, y'all got to read those liner notes because there are some times where he had some Jay-Z and some Nas writing some of those better bars of his. But... Mm. He's not. He just. He's just Timberland. He's just filling in the gaps, and you know it's fun. Well, nobody's gonna accuse him of being some sort of top tier. That's the difference. When I'm saying, y'all, it's okay if you're just a goofy rapper, but nobody tried to call him the king of rap like y'all do Migos and Lil Nas <laughs> X and all these other weirdos. He knows his lane, and we appreciate him for for that. Well, Make all right. Pop, here's the pop quiz for you, because this will prove my point. Is that no, he wasn't the most lyrical, but if you remember the line 
and the song that it's from, I think that's a gift in itself. So okay. let me ask you guys this. What song is this from? Ritz is the cracker that I eat. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what you're oh my talking goodness. about. And it's, I've heard them all. It's, it's on the Here We Come record, the Spider-Man song. I, it's been a while for that one. No, I, I, I know that song, but I did not remember. He said, oh, Ritz is the cracker that I eat. My Although goodness, I'm sure yes. he did. Well, uh, let me bring up this song here. Because I think this, to me, and Ed, I know you love this lady right here. Mm-hmm. And the group. And for that matter, the rapper as well. But the Missy 702 and Magoo record, Tom. Oh, Beat man. me 911. That's in my top five, top ten Timbaland productions. I love the way, shout out to our boy Magoo. Yes. I was glad to see he was been back on Twitter recently. We, we hadn't heard from him. Man, the way he just jumped on that track, like he was jump kicking through a door. And man, it, I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Missy tweeted out that video a couple of weeks ago and I shared it and talked about my favorite verse is when he's like, dip and dive, staying alive. It's so <laughs> stupid, but it's yeah. so, like Kyle was saying, it's stupid, but you remember it. And yep. again, we didn't try to act like he was a rap goat. We were just like, this is a funny thing this dude said. Again, I love that song. And then to end off this Timbaland era, is records like Destiny's Child, Get on the Bus, which is an amazing song. Yep. Uh, we've got Aaliyah's Are You That Somebody? And we have a couple of genuine records here. Same OG, So Anxious, None of Your Friends Business. I felt like, to me, those are some of Genuine's best records. Like, I know everyone loves Pony, but that second album, that had some cuts in there. That's peak genuine for me. This for me, I'm showing my age, but this is like early college ed right here. So all of these have great memories. I'm riding around, I'm rocking these songs as I'm going out and being grown and feeling myself or whatever. So these are the songs that like the soundtrack of my college years. I love them so much. I got it. I can't mention these songs without shouting out Static Major, rest in peace. He was a big part of, you know, these songs behind Genuine's biggest hits. Same old G is one of my favorites of all time. Mm -hmm. And man, when I was going back through Timbaland's discography, Static was involved in so many of these early yep, ones. And it's just exactly. their chemistry was was super dope. We didn't even mention um, the Say My Name remix. Oh, yes. Love that one Great as well. One. Yep. Destiny's Child. That one's super I've been smooth. wearing that one out recently. Yeah. I've been, I, I think I've told this story before. I was living in Louisville when Static passed away. I was working at a newspaper. And when he died, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, this is front page news. We got to get it in a newspaper. And mm-hmm. of course, because this is what, 2008? Newsroom doesn't have too many people of color. So nobody knew who Static was. I went to like my boss's boss and was like, we got to get this dude in here because he was very instrumental in a lot of these big songs of the year. And he was like, well, what songs did he do? Like, I've never heard of this guy. And I dropped that song. He was like, wait a minute. He did songs with Destiny's Child? Mm. What? (laughs) And like when he did that, he started researching. And that's when we were like, okay, we really got to treat this story seriously. So that song, whenever I think of that song, I think about how even in his hometown, people weren't appreciating how great Static was yep. until I name dropped Destiny's Child. And it was like, okay, I guess this dude is a big deal. We know well, he's a big I, deal. <laughs> Kyle, can you just celebrate for one second Playa's debut album? Oh, I mean, yeah. we absolutely love that album front to back timbaland's work on that is epic as well yeah you know what that album is 
it's it's a little different than the Timbaland music that he was doing at that time. When you listen to yeah. songs like Top of the World, when you listen to songs like All the Way, like that doesn't sound like the records that he was doing for SWV or Total mm-hmm. or Nicole Ray. Like that sounded I don't want to say more traditional R&B because Timbaland's never really been traditional traditional, but those records felt more traditional than some of the other ones, but they worked. And, and, well, and this was around the time, this era, and especially going into the next decade, Yeah, he changed the sound up. Because yep. to be honest, if you listen to a lot of early Timbaland and Missy interviews, their thing is they always wanted to be different. They always mm-hmm. wanted to present something different. By 98, 99, everybody was biting their stuff. And yeah. again, this is an era when copying another person is considered a bad thing. Now we copy each other. We don't care. We just say, <laughs> oh, it's a tribute. Back then, that was a bad offense. So Tim Lamb was like, I got to switch it up. And he did that by making more soulful sounding records. He did it on the Alicia Keys album. I know we're not in the 2000s yet, but yeah. you'll see as we talk about this conversation, how his sound evolved. And he wasn't just making those weird cricket noises for 30 hmm. years. Guys, I'll tell you what, two albums, um, or rather two songs that I felt like was that change for Timbaland was number one was Missy Elliott's The Real World album, the second album. Mm. Super dark album. And then yeah. we have the Aaliyah Try Again record. Like those two, I think we noticed a shift in Timbaland sound. I, I never. I didn't even. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. I didn't think of it. No, I didn't. I was gonna say I didn't. I never thought of of it like that. I got to think about it a little bit. But you know, because I, uh, I've noted, I've witnessed so many evolutions of his sound over the years. Yeah. I don't think I've ever keyed in on that one specifically. It's a good point, though. Yeah, but it I was, think it was noticeable for sure. And I didn't even like Missy's album. Not, I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I thought it was a disappointment. Because it was such a drastic, dark chain. I was kind of, mm-hmm. my ears couldn't really adjust. Yeah. But it's one that has really grown on me in recent years. Mm. <laughs> Ed, Ed, I'm reading these comments. Our boy Shaquille Perry's going up. Ed has Missy's The Real World ranked as her fourth best album. A terrible list. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love- I'm sure Shaquille is just mad because I don't have Aaliyah at number one on a Missy list. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I'll tell you when I feel like Timbaland's sound really, really changed. It was like the early 2000s. It was that Indian sampling that he was doing. He wasn't the, I don't think he was the first to do it. Was the Truth Hurts addictive record out before Indian Flute? Yes. And, and We Need well, a Resolution? That was well, around the same time. They were all around the same time. Yeah. That was all 2001. Yeah, I'm curious. 2001, 2002. I'm actually curious to see who was the first one to really, really do it. I see Butta in here. He's a producer that worked on the Aaliyah album. Shout out to our guy Butta. Maybe he'll know because he was around that camp. But I just remember songs like We Need a Resolution. Um, Are You Feeling Me? I think had that that vibe as well on the Romeo Must, Down, Romeo Must Die soundtrack, the Aaliyah record. At Truth Hurts, Addictive, uh, released 2002, April. So Okay, so Timbaland was, was first, yeah. Yeah, he was first. But again, the thing that you got to keep in mind with those productions, when is that close? Like it may have been released in 2002. It could have been recorded yeah. an, a year before. So to me, they're around the same time. Who knows? But it was really close. Well, then we have Big Pimpin' too. And that came out a couple years before all of this. Mm. That was 2000. So that definitely was before. Yes. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest, guys. I never liked reading the resolution. I, could, I just still can't get into it to this day. I don't know. Hmm. I, I never I felt like it was his best work. 
I like that. To me, I feel like that's one of his more underrated beats. Really? On the flip side, though, as I've said before, I'm not big on Try Again. Like, that one mm. is the one that doesn't really work much for me. Really? Well, to throw, like, well, to throw, throw this conversation in for a curve, I'm not a big fan of More Than a Woman. So. <laughs> wow. Me neither. So. Me neither. I'm with you on that one, Kyle. They, I mean, they're... And they're, when I they're say good that, songs, yeah, they're good songs. I'm not saying yeah. they're bad songs, but they're not songs that are on the high on my list. I was going to say I prefer over "We Need a Resolution." Don't know what to tell you from the "I Care for You" album, the leftover song. I, I, oh yes, I, love oh, that I like that one too. That's like one of my that favorite too. productions of from him. But let's talk about this era of Timbaland. Here, you had records like Indian Flute. You had the Bubba Sparks records. The Kylie Dean records. I feel like this is a really underrated Timbaland era. It didn't generate the hits that the previous era did. I'm trying to think. No, I don't think it did. But I think Cry Me a River. No, they didn't. But Cry Me a River was a big one. So there were some big songs here. And to me, that era of R&B, has it aged that well for you guys? Mm, in mm. a way, I'm, you got to look at it this way. Is it better than what we have now? Absolutely. <laughs> is it... Is it my favorite era? Not really. I know we're not. This isn't a Neptune's podcast. A lot of the Neptune stuff has not aged well because it saw it feels kind of samey to me. Mm. Yeah, blue, mm. blue, blue. Like it's like on every song. But I wouldn't say that it's bad. But he would have kind of a beat renaissance a few years later, and that's when I feel like his game was up. He did find a lot of chemistry with Justin. I know we. We can't talk about Justin in February. Good God, my man. <laughs> but I thought he found a lot of chemistry and energy with him. His his um, work with Genuine kind of slowed down at this time. Yeah, Missy yeah. was kind of phasing out a little bit. So he found a Kendrick spirit with him, and that helped him a little bit. And I still say, this is, we're talking R&B. But his work with Bubba Sparks. When I mentioned Bubba, y'all get all weird, because all you remember <laughs> is the Booty Booty song. <laughs> that's some of his best work some of especially that second album mm. you know when i first heard the justified album though and that kyle obviously you would know yeah. oh know what you got from me i was like man this is a production that would have been used for for Aaliyah had she still been here yeah i couldn't help but think of that course. and uh that's my favorite song he did on that album but yeah definitely i get what you're saying Ed, about it maybe not having the same lasting appeal, especially some of the, the Neptune stuff. But I'm a Neptune fan. I still love this stuff. Yeah. Oh, me too. I can't get enough. <laughs> well, guys, let me ask you about Cry Me a River. We're going to talk about Justin. I, I don't care what anyone... He's apologized. Good look. So, so he get, oh. he, he's good now. Cry Me a River. Why did this song work so well? He's a pop artist. He's coming into the R&B world. And this song is gigantic. Yep. This is another one of those songs I heard. I remember exactly where I was on a snowy night in Louisville when I heard it for the first time and like was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get this dude's album now. It was right before his album dropped, like the week of or something. Mm -hmm. It was just, again, so different. Now, we talked about Timbaland's dark sound. This was dark, but it also just had some different elements in there, whether it was Marshall's little ad libs at the end or a little playing around with the beat on that back half. There was yeah. so much going on that matched the kind of dark theme of the song. And it goes back to what I say in my reviews. A good song tells a story. So not only are the lyrics telling the story, but the beat is telling the same story. Yeah. And it drives that narrative forward. To me, that's why it worked. Just random question. Is this album a, a, an instant classic? Justified? Yeah. Was it? Mm, 
for what it was I at don't the time. Know. I don't know if I'd call it a classic, but I definitely no, think like, it's one of the when better it came, albums. I, just, I, I mean, I knew nothing back then, obviously. It was 2002. I was probably 18, 19. I felt like mm. the sound it had was incomparable to anything I was hearing, and I just felt like it, it was so well put together that I don't use that term lightly, instant classic, but I felt like it, it could be considered. Oh, it was know. definitely groundbreaking at the time. I feel like that's kind of what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was definitely yeah. groundbreaking. And it was helped. I mean, look how much it influenced later on when everybody started kind of cribbing that type of stuff. Yeah. That's when you know when an impact is made. So, yeah. Well, the reason why, like, I think it's an amazing album. It's probably my favorite Justin album. But even when you look at the Grammy nominations, they nominated that as a pop album. So mm. I think for that alone, like, I don't know if it got respected as an r&b yeah. album so i can't really say it's a classic because of that well a lot of that wow. has to do with justin's background justin timberlake so he's in sync so it's got to be pop and that's something we still struggle with today we lock people in a box and yeah. refuse to let them out yeah kyle can you imagine this i'm reading this comment here from our boy jonathan b what if timbaland had produced usher back in the early 2000s can you imagine that kyle i can't i can't either i can't <laughs> yeah Jermaine Dupri, B. Cox, and Usher, like, that's the formula. I don't think yeah. Usher, anytime Usher tries to deviate from that, it's all oh, Neptunes, though. That's true. But so aside, from, aside from that, anytime Usher tries to deviate too far, it just doesn't sound right. Like, he needs that Jermaine Dupri, B. Cox sound, in my and opinion. I'm not saying it, I was not saying it wouldn't have worked, but yeah. it's just hard to wrap my brain around it because he's just so intrinsically tied to yeah. those guys yeah. and the Neptunes, yeah. too, from what you're saying. It's yeah. hard for me to like put his vocals over top of a Justin beat. I just can't figure it out. As we continue with this Indian sound that Timbaland was crafting, I really want to touch on these two records, especially um, Call Me by Tweet. We have Oops, mm. but Call Me, when I listen to that record, it's still crazy mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. crazy. Man, I-, I love that album. I know Timbaland didn't do, but maybe like one or two songs on that thing. But man, I love that album. And I love Call Me. When you talk about an album that is so almost neo-soulish, but needed like that commercial sound. And she went to her boy, Tim, and was able to do that, especially with Call Me and with Oops. That's the way to push it. And I know it fooled some of us in 2002 because we thought the whole album was going to have that sound. And it kind of tricked us when it had that more soulful song, which I appreciated. It was all (laughs) good. But it was kind of a kind of tonal shift. We weren't expecting that. We're like, what is this? I'm not hearing a lot of oops. I'm not hearing a lot of call me's. You know what's crazy? When you when you talk about oops, we're we're already talking probably five to no, probably seven years into Tiblin's career. And that's another groundbreaker he had. I mean, that production for a for a soulful soulful singer, along with the lyrics, which were super clever and risque at the time. I mean Man, this guy, Timbaland, just had so many groundbreaking moments, and that's why we, we celebrate him. Yep, exactly. And then two projects that didn't take off, but I feel are not- notable, uh, Brandy's Aphrodisiac album, which sort of had that Indian sound, but it was a lot darker with songs mm-hmm. like Finally and Focus. And then the Kylie Dean album, Simple Girl, that didn't come out, got derailed by the first single. All the Aaliyah hmm. fans were pissed because uh, oh, Kylie. Cancel culture 2003. That's what that, that was. That to me was the dumbest thing ever when they tried to cancel her because she referenced Rock the Boat. Player, can you imagine what would happen if that child came out in 2021 and did that? Like y'all would throw <laughs> dirt on her grave. 
But it's a shame. If you haven't heard that album, go to YouTube. It's fully on YouTube. I've got it. It's incredible. And again, some great Timbaland tracks on it. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is that, you know, she asked Timbaland for a song like Rock the Boat, and he didn't even produce Rock the Boat. Yep. <laughs> so right. that's the right. ironic part about it. We discussed that before, but it's, it's just not many people caught that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did, and they mad about nothing. That's what I say. Yeah. You got Your energy is all wrong. Mad about nothing. <laughs> And then Ed uh, Timbaland also produced the song "Heartburn" by Alicia Keys. To this day, I still don't believe he produced that song. That does not oh sound my. like a that doesn't sound like a Timbaland record at all. Again, player, this was around the time he was kind of tinkering with his sound a little bit. Y'all know I love that album, and I know that when I heard it, I was kind of like, "Yeah, this doesn't sound like a Timbaland song," but it was just so different, and that's why I like Tim. You just never know what he's going to hit you with and what direction he's going to come from. It was cool. I don't like that song at all, just being <laughs> honest. I never liked it. Still don't. <laughs> it's different. I, I mean, I don't, it's not my go-to, but I, I can rock with it. Tom, did you like the the LL Cool J record, Headsprung? Uh, I didn't hate it. It was kind of catchy at the time, but it's not something I've ever listened to in the past decade, to be honest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, but I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the next phase of Timbaland's career, I want to talk about, this is when he started working with Danger, his protege, and they put together an amazing body of work. They had that run with Justin, Nelly Furtado, Kerry Hilson, but I want to talk about these records because these were like the early stages of Timbaland and Danger working together. And I felt like these were some of Timbaland's best productions and they're hip hop songs, but songs like. I'm so fly by Lloyd Banks. Put you on the game mm-hmm. by the game. Like those beats are like crazy. This to me was the sec- I called it like the second renaissance of Tim around 2005, 2006. Yeah. It was like he kicked it into another gear. It was completely different sound than kind of what he came to be known for in the late 90s, but it worked. He was able to just reinvent himself and have so much. This is when he started playing a little bit with electronic stuff. And you could mm-hmm. hear it a little bit with like put you on the game and some other songs. And it worked. It was just a different sound for a different era. He didn't run it into the ground. And as I've said a million times, nothing wrong with an artist changing up their sound or experimenting. You just got to know what works and what doesn't work. And he found out what worked. Yep. So is this the era, Kyle, when when Icebox came out for Omaria? Yeah, this was the Icebox mm-hmm. era, the anonymous oh, era. Oh, anonymous Bobby V. Yeah. Yo, that Icebox record. I remember when that came out, it it was first posted on Omarion's MySpace, I believe. I played mm. that song to death. I was like, this is the most incredible thing ever. That Jeez. song, people loved it. And that song came out today. You know how many Icebox challenges we would see <laughs> all over <laughs> Instagram? People love oh, that Oh, boy. Song. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, can we talk about, I guess, is he now, now the man that we're not allowed to talk about, Justin Timberlake? He's not at that level, We can is talk he? about Oh, it depends on what corner of Twitter you go to. But if you got beef, you can see me at ET Bowser. I will tell you about yourself. Well, I'm tired of fussing about Justin. I apologize. Shut up. All right. Well, this Future Sex Love Sound album. Um, obviously, we know Sexy Back was a game-changing sound. But, Tom, let's talk about the rest of the album here. We have the TI record, My Love. We've got Love Stoned. we got What Goes Around summer love like there's some big hits on here i love the formula of this album where it was like song and then kind of interlude which was another part of the song mm-hmm. and it was almost like a remix version i thought that was so clever 
They did that on a lot of the songs. It was cool to see Timbaland take the reins on most of this album. The Neptunes had the majority of the of his first one. Yep. And they just took it to a whole nother level. The creativity on here was amazing. You know, the singles were huge. And what goes around is, is probably my favorite on here, though. But there's some some really great songs. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite, too. I've talked before over on Soul and Stereo about just how I don't know what it was about 2006. It was like one of my favorite years. I agree. And there was just so much greatness. And to me, this is one of the top albums of that year. It's just another game changer. Even to me, when I was ranking the best R&B albums of this decade, I didn't really include it because it was just, it felt like he was drifting toward that EDM pop sound. And unfortunately, they drove into the ground. Yes. But it started yeah. here. It started here. And I got to give it props for what it, what it was able to start. It wasn't his fault that y'all ran it crazy. But, but <laughs> this was a groundbreaker. <laughs> well, Ed, were you turning up to Chop Me Up by Justin Timberlake and Three Six Mafia? <laughs> I was turning up to Chop Me Up, Chop Me Up. I love wow. that song. That's a great song, actually. I like that song. Um, what about the Nelly Furtado album here, guys? Because I don't know if I would classify this as R&B, but this is as R&B that Nelly, Nelly Furtado is going to get to. And, I mean, Timbaland had Nelly on Urban Stations. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call it R&B. Early Nelly Furtado, my wife was a fan. She loves like that folk, I, I guess you would call I'm it. I'm like a bird? Yeah, she likes <laughs> oh that type goodness. of stuff. No. She Oof. loves it. So like that is kind of that. I can only describe it as folk sound. But hmm. he was able to kind of give her much more pop-friendly edge. And it worked. I wouldn't call it R&B, but it just was so well because she was not able. She ain't the most powerful vocalist. So she was able to ride those beats and make some very catchy tracks. Uh, you know, it was just fun music, no matter what you call it. I enjoyed yeah. it. I will say promiscuous, you know, you had Timbaland singing, and it was just kind of another progression towards how there wouldn't be any more people caring about singing vocals anymore. We just accept whatever was given to us, and, yep. and here we are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was ahead of his time, so we'll give him the pass on that. But Tom, yeah, yeah. I have to ask you about this song right here. I don't. This is not an R and B song, but I just have a feeling that you hated this song in oh, two thousand and eight. The One Republic record, apologize. I hate that song. <laughs> it's just why, so annoying. Why did I know this? It's just annoying. I didn't even hate that song. I I got tired of that song. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even hate that. One. It was fine. What about <sighs> the What about the way I are? Now, why that that's I was not, not a that fan. Bo- of. That title bothers me. First of all, yes, I can't even I mean, say it. I'm, a, I'm an editor. It, it hurts my soul to speak. It's like I'm talking like Yodel. <laughs> but yeah, way I are, I was not really digging that one. All right. No. Um, and then I think the last part of this era before we move on to the next phase of Timbaland's career is the Carrie Hilson album. Uh, he didn't have any big singles on this album, but he had some great album cuts. But after this mm-hmm. album, Things started changing for Timbaland. I think uh, Danger had left. He had a new production partner, my guy J-Rock. Shout-outs to J-Rock. And uh, I felt like at this time, and Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, because this this time in R&B and music in general, this is around 2009. I I hated this era. But I think this is when Timbaland started working with like Katy Perry and stuff, right? Yeah, he kind of went pop. I'm looking at his Shock Value 2 album, which came out, in 2009 and he had like miley cyrus on there Katy perry yeah chad kroger he started working with drake so 
wasn't my favorite era of Timbaland. It was another evolution in his sound for certain. It didn't, to me, it didn't sound like anything like his early stuff. It wasn't even recognizable. No, that was automatically Timbaland, most of it. So, you know, it wasn't, wasn't really for me. But, you know, same here. Like, I wasn't big on it, but. You know, again, this was around the time where music in general was changing. Like everybody was trying to find stuff and poor R&B, as we have mentioned a thousand times, got left on the back burner in the back of the bus. Yeah. Bus was broke down at the top of the street. So poor R&B got no love starting here. But Ed, what about his work on Blueprint 3? Is that good? I despise Blueprint Three. I'm sure okay. that the, <laughs> I'm sure that the millennial children in the comments will go crazy because I have learned that pretty much any hip hop from like 2008 to 2013 is like considered godly, mm. even the bad <laughs> stuff. So like I'm sure people will defend it. I did not like that era. I do not like that album. I didn't even like Tim's stuff on that album. I thought the album mm. was aggravating. I just. I just remember that era because uh, when that album came out, that's like when I first met Tom and I asked him, did you check out this Blueprint 3 album? And he didn't even bother. He's like, eh, it's probably not as good as Blueprint 1. And that was his answer. Uh, <laughs> um, by a long shot. Tom was right on that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, there ain't no Blueprint 2, please. So <laughs> we we fast forward a bit and I remember this era so vividly because I think this is when we first started doing the podcast way back in 2013 because this is when justin timberlake's 2020 album came out the beyonce album came out jay-z's magna carter came out like that era tom talk about timbaland's work on the 2020 album because that was that was very different for tim some of those records my favorite memory is that you stayed up all night till like midnight to hear suit and tie when it was announced that yes. it was a there was a justin timberlake and Timbaland and Jay-Z song coming. And hey, yeah. it met the hype, man. That was, that's a great it song. I, yeah. I love what they did with this album. You know, 2020 experience felt like that was another one that was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. I, I still think it's ahead of its time. When I listened to it, you know, it didn't sound like anything else at the time. Still mm-hmm. doesn't sound like anything else. And, um, you know, go that whole track list. Just very smooth, great album. I mean, it, it, it is a bit on the pop side, you know, at, at times, but... You know, I, I love this this album, the first part at least. <laughs> no, this one was a fun one. And actually, this is the era I remember well because this was around the time I started working with YouTube jokers. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's why a lot of these memories are very vivid for me. But I was yeah. very excited for this. Suit and tie is like a song. If I a song after your boy's own heart, if I could have a song dedicated to me, it would be mm-hmm. that one. And it just worked so well. Jay did his thing on it. Tim Lynn, as you said, I was kind of, I'm still a fan, will always be a fan, but his stuff in the era, I really wasn't that keen on. Right. This is when he really started turning around for me. The stuff on the Magna Carta album, I like. Stuff on Beyonce's album, I like. He yes. was really giving us a different sound, but it worked very well for me. And a lot of it started right here with Justin. Yep. I see yeah. the arguing in the comments if part two is any good of the 2020 experience. It's worse. Tar Heels fan. <laughs> no, he he mentioned Cabaret with Drake. That is a good he, song. That's a great. That song. is probably my only song. I like TKO also, which was the single. Other than yeah. that, I don't. I really don't like any. <laughs> I like. Two? I like. It's it's easily his worst out. Well, no, because we forgot about the you know the man in the woods. Oh, but... the, wo- the woods is better than part two, guys. <laughs> oh no, sir. No, <laughs> sir. Oh I, come on. I, 
part two is a disappointment and unnecessary, but it's not bad. I like Take Back the Night. That's even true. Though that song is problematic. Everything Justin does is problematic. Just Wait, throw them away. Why is Take Back the Night problematic? How'd you miss this? Take Back the Night is like the name of, oh, I'm going to get crucified. Somebody's going to tear me up. It's the name of some, like, is it like anti-date rape? organization it's some organization oh and he used the name and they were pissed off this was a thing wow. it was justin timlet we're gonna throw him in the trash trust mm. me so yeah right. it was a I bunch of this I, I didn't ed, know this ed weren't you on record as saying justin timberlake's last album they should have left it in the woods or something it sounds like something i would say <laughs> <laughs> sorry i oh, just i'm reading the youtube comments here as we go back to blueprint someone said blueprint three was one of Jay-Z's worst albums, a little bit above Absolutely. Kingdom Come. Mm. Uh, but someone I else... I put it below Kingdom Come. Someone wrote, Blueprint 2 was trash. Love Blueprint 3, though. Wow. What Blueprint 3 did you have, brother? Because the one <laughs> I had was nowhere near Blueprint. Blueprint 2 was long and unnecessary. Because he wanted to do a double disc, like, be, like you know, who yeah. had done and Biggie had done. So he had to do one. He didn't need to do one. But it was fine. Just cut out the garbage. Mm. So after that, I mean, I know Timbaland has probably done stuff after that, but I think a lot of his focus has been on newer artists. I know he worked with Monica on a couple of records. I'm trying to think who else he's done work with, but well, he had the label. He had the Mariah joint, which I like. And then the Tiana Taylor record. But those records, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's that Timbaland's sound doesn't work for me anymore, or if he's not using his sound and it's something else now. But I mean, in all of totality, when we look back at this career from beginning, even till now, like that to me is a legendary career. If his career stopped at 2002, he would still be legendary. And then, like I said, he had that renaissance in the mid 2000s that just took him to another level. And then he had another one like in the early 2010s, it took him to another level. He had essentially three breakout careers with yeah. a lot yeah. of great stuff in between. It's hard to have a track record like that. And the craziest thing to me is like how we, we talked about just a small portion of all of the work he's done. Yeah, He was, I mean, he's just like someone who lives in the studio and was just working nonstop in the, in, during those times, just loves it. And man, such a, a vet. We probably haven't even heard the majority of the work he's done that probably never came out. Nope. Just <laughs> to think about it. So, I mean, man, this guy, probably one of the greats. I mean, if you want to talk about the greatest producers of all time, he's up, he's especially up since there. the 90s. He's up there. I mean, you, you could argue, uh, you know, Dre, obviously. Yeah. Timbaland at least has to be in the discussion. I think so. I have gone on record to say that, like, when we talk about greatest producers of all time, we're talking Dre, we're talking Premier, we're talking mm. Timbo. Like, they're all up there for me. Oh, yes, Jonathan B. mentioned Timbaland's now working with Justine Sky. That I'm actually excited about because I think Justine is super talented. Curious to see what yes, Timbaland does I, with that. And Justine is one of those talents that just needs that extra oomph. I've said the same thing about Tiana. Like, the talent is there. They just need, like, that muse to just, like, push them. And Timbaland could be that for her. Oh, and, and it's unfortunate. Um, yeah. He had the label, and he signed Tink and B. Bozeman. And unfortunately, wasn't able to get either of them to pop. Yeah. I mean, just no. I, I guarantee couldn't focus on them. Like, he's got so much going on. 
No, yeah. and we know, like, we all remember Beat Club in the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, I had I had friends who worked there, and I know, and I won't put anything on Tim because there are stories with that, too, about how there was a lot of pressure on him and a lot of things pulling away from his focus on those artists. But it's hard. I think it was Usher. It was someone that I had an, that I read an interview with about 10 years ago who talked about how difficult it is to be your own artist yeah. yet manage other artists like you're responsible for these other people's career and your own career it's really demanding so it's not surprising to me that a lot of these big time artists their labels just don't pop off like that it's a lot of work yeah 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 i mean ed and we can't forget about miss jade that was Temple my girl miss jade yes <laughs> oh, i'm glad somebody brought her up <laughs> now, yeah. this is my girl somebody check out before you get over here Girl Interrupted. I love that album. 2003 or so, maybe. Oh, she should have blown up. That album was incredible. Mm -hmm. Some of Tim's best beats, too. We know you love Bubba Sparks, but from a technical aspect, P.D. Pablo, is he any good? Um, Raise Up is it? Yo, Raise Up is a great song. (laughs) It is? P.D. That beat is crazy. P.D. is great. At a just if you just need some high energy party rap, and that's what he is like, he accepts what he is. He is not going to give you any type of deep lyricism, even though he's done <laughs> it a couple times on his debut. He's just <laughs> what he is, and I respect that. Just give these dudes props for what they do and stop trying to make them into something they ain't. So, we should <laughs> give Migos props for doing what they do. Nothing, yes, okay, give them props for no, give them props for making potato chips. That's it. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get out of here, you know how this works. I know neither yes. of you were prepared for this, or maybe you were. Tom, I know you definitely weren't prepared. You didn't even know we were doing this today. Oh, but boy. Can we give out our five favorite Timbaland R&B songs? I'm oh, ready. I can do that. I can you guys that. can do I'm this? Ready. Yes. I'm I mean, I know I'm you ready. guys did a Sorry. post recently on Timbaland, and I've That's done true. one in the past. On <laughs> That's true. Best Actually, beats. Let's yeah, do, do let's do three. I, I don't have the mental capacity to think of a five right now. Let's do All three. Right. I know this is, this song, is favorite, okay. right? This is our and is this beats or or song song? And it's his favorite. Oh, now, what we okay. Consider, okay. Well, I'm, we well we can also do three favorite beats if you guys want. No, I prefer songs if we if possible. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just do songs, Ed. If you want to do beats, Kyle, you it can doesn't do matter. One. They're going to be around the same anyway. Well, I'm just trying and to I'm doing it off the top of the dome, so I'm going to forget something, I'm sure. That's true. I'm sure Shaquille will be screaming at me because I didn't mention some random song. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, boy. when we think about beats, I think my favorite Timbaland beat might be the game record. That's up there for sure. I think like, that's my that's, favorite. That's top 20 easily. All right. I'm going to do, well, my favorite Timbaland, I'm, I'm going to do songs that he produced. And number one for me, I'll start with number one, Aaliyah, Are You That Somebody? We started with number one? You named number one. No, that's my favorite beat. He just did his favorite oh, beat. Okay, I'll well do my then, favorite. I'll, okay. make, All right, I'll well, make it number three then. I'm just right. kidding. That was number three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Ed, what's your number three? Uh, my number three, because I think I have like 10 in my head right now. And we're talking songs. We're not talking beats. I don't know. I, I'm lumping them together. I'm going with Pony. Like, it's just, mm. I was there when that song debuted. It will always stick with me because I never heard 
which sounded like freaking frogs on the beat. I didn't know what this was. <laughs> Game changer for me. So that's number three. My number three is probably Are You That Somebody by, by Aaliyah, but there's another Aaliyah record that I'm going to put in the list. So I'll go with... I'll go with Icebox by Omarion. I'll just go with that one. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. one. I like that song. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Tom, number two. I wasn't really prepared for this, guys. I'm sorry. There's too much. There's way too many. <laughs> there is. There's so much. And you know what? Tomorrow, I might wake up and feel differently. That, that's how much good music he's given us. So, Tom, before uh, you answer. Yeah. Are you going to mention the Jada Kiss record, Nasty Girl, with our guy, Carl Thomas? Oh, no, <laughs> no. We love oh we love God. you, Carl Thomas. We love you, Carl I Thomas. I forgot about no. that song. No, that, I loved that's... it at the time. Believe it or not, at the time I loved it. But yes. as I've gotten older, I'm like, eh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> now the the Jadakiss Neptune song going off on a tangent. Knock yourself out. Now that's that's a yes. banger still to this day. Yes. Oh yes. Wait, does Timbaland have a song with Fabulous? I I feel like he does. Yes. Yes. Um, it's not. It's not that good. It's make not very you good. Better, make me better. I like oh, that right. Song. Yes. Is that the only one? Wait, what? No. On Fabulous song with Neo. Out. That is also a template. What's the other one? On his yeah. debut album. Uh, I'll look it up while you're picking, making your next pick. All right. Anyway. If anyone knows in the comments. But anyway, I'm going to go with my number two. I'll just say, uh, I got to go with Genuine's I'll Do Anything. I'm Sorry. Ooh, I find myself one. still going back to that one recently. So I, I'm, I'm going to pick that one. Wow. Jonathan B said I first heard I first heard Pony in 2013 and I thought the song was new. 2013. Wow. You but must have been you know watching Magic crazy? Mike. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, but this speaks to how timeless that song is and he heard it in 2013 and it didn't sound like 1996. Yeah. That's what I took away from. Can I get uh, your mind out the gutter? Uh Laurent asked, I'll- yep. Uh, the, the Timbaland song on the first Fabulous album is called Right Now and Later On. Oh, I like Right Now and Later it On. Single. It's kind of stupid. So no, they paid all that stupid. money. That song was fine. For a Timbaland beat. They it didn't paid really, all the money. And it, it, wasn't really, it wasn't that good of a beat, though. No. No, it wasn't was a great beat. But I like the song. I uh, forgot about that. Look at Tom with the gems. <laughs> Laurent asked if Timbaland really produced Icebox. Let me answer this. Uh, I believe someone started on the track and Tim did his Timbaland thing on it. Um, and actually a fun fact is the guy that's speaking on Icebox, the I'm so cold, I'm so cold. That's not Timbaland. That's actually, uh, I believe it's Ezekiel Lewis from the clutch since the mm. clutch wrote the record, but he was doing his best Timbaland impression Timbaland yeah. in the studio. He was supposed to redo that part, but he said, Hey, that sounds close enough to me. Let's just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that, interesting. And that was that. I never heard that. I didn't know make, make me better. was a Timbaland production. Yeah, it, it didn't even sound like it didn't sound like one to me. It's no, it doesn't. Yep. Yeah. It is. Wow. All right. Uh what are we at? Number one now? No, we're I didn't do my number two. Oh. Neither did neither did you, Kyle. Oh, my no. bad. Ed, what's your number two? We got all off on a tangent. Number two <laughs> is another one that I'll never forget where I was when I heard it for the first time. And I've told this story back in when we, I guess it's our ninety six podcast. Aaliyah one in a million. Mm. Wow. I, I never loved that song. I just, I don't know. It's kind of slow. Oh, it's slow and it's, <laughs> and it's stripped down and it's everything that people love about R&B today. 
But at the time, it worked, and to me, it still holds up. I always really liked "If Your Girl Only Knew" a lot better than that. Yeah. Now that one I thought was just okay, even at the okay. time. Uh, my number two. See, I want to go with "Carry Out" by Timbaland and Justin Timberlake because oh. the song is just so stupid. But that, maybe it, how did you think of that? Take my body, take my order like a carry out. Is that how the oh, line, God. how that song yes, goes? Yes, that's how it goes. It's that, so that's ridiculous. A, that's an awful pickup line, but it could work. But uh, my number two will have to be uh, Try Again by Leah. Jet Li's in the music video. They're climbing on the wall. Like, that's epic to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tom, what's your number one? All right. For my number one. I'm going to have to go with Pastor Troy featuring Miss Jade. Are we cutting? Remix, wow. Ed. Ed, that's the best. <laughs> oh, my that, God. <laughs> that Timbaland beat is crazy. I mean, it, that's... it is crazy, but that selection is also crazy. I did not expect <laughs> yeah. that. All right. Sorry. Back to reality. Bubba Sparks featuring Justin Timberlake, Hootenanny. That's what? not a good song. You haven't even heard that song. <laughs> that's okay. Not... All right, all right, for real. Same old G, genuine. I have two genuine songs in there. Probably one of my top five favorite songs of all time, personally. Mm. I'm going to go with that one. Well, man. Ed, since we're talking about Bubba Sparks, I actually, Deliverance might be like my favorite Bubba Sparks song. I love that song. Favorite Timbaland beat, sorry. Because I feel like that beat with the country influence, like Timbaland killed that one. Well, a lot of beats on that album were country influenced. I can't even think of all of them now, but everything on that album sounds like that. It's just like, I was so amazed that he was able to take those kind of country westernish beats and make it sound Timberland and make it sound hip hop. So that's why that album always stuck with me. That album is very, very good. Mm. All right. What's your number two or number one? Sorry. My number one. I mean, we, we might as well stay on the, Dr. Doolittle soundtrack since Tom took it there. My mm. number one, Are You That Somebody? One of my favorite songs of all time. Damn, I that thought you Baby were gonna... Crying was yeah. <laughs> epic in the day. Trust I me. thought you were going to go with Your Dress by Playa. I was cool. <laughs> great song. Great, <laughs> great <No>. song. <laughs> I love the song, though. All right. Well, my number one is So Anxious by Genuine. I love that song. Just the background vocals by Static. The beat, which is simple. But it's also complex at the same time because it's not like on beat. I love that song. Oh, we all love that song. That one, one of G's yep. best, one of the best of the era, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. So, guys, I think that wraps up this episode of Timbaland. We'll be back next week to maybe talk about another producer. There's a couple more producers that we can do this with, whether it's the Neptunes, Devante. Jermaine Dupree, B. Cox, Dark Child. There's a lot. And uh, actually, one time we have to shout out Timbaland for putting together the whole versus battle. We have to give him some credit yeah. for that because that, he's responsible oh, no for question. that. Uh, but I guess that's it for the Timbaland discussion here. Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? I hear you gave Robin Thicke some, some love. I gave Robin Thicke some love. So as you know, a couple weeks ago, I don't even know if we recorded when I did this. I ranked his whole discography. And even though they're the albums we love, you know me, your boy going to keep it real. And most my issue with most Robin Thicke albums is they're just not consistent. They just aren't. Mm. But his new album is one of his most, maybe his most consistent work yet. 
check it out. It's called On Earth and in Heaven. Got the review on Soul and Stereo. It is worth your time. Check out that album. Probably so far, I know it's just February the 13th, but probably my favorite of the year so far. So go check that out. We've been talking about Tim all day long. Yeah. Also, if you're a hip hop head, go check out my review. Well, not review, my ranking of 25 of the best Ninth Wonder beats. If you mm. don't know Ninth Wonder, yes, you do know Ninth Wonder because he produced a lot of the stuff on Destiny Child's Destiny Fulfilled album, a lot of stuff on Badu's album. He has his hand in a lot of R&B, of course, a lot of hip hop, too. And shout out to Ninth. He gave me a shout out for that work on that, too. Check that out. For my movie lovers, we got a review of Lovers Rock on the site. And stay tuned. I got a head-to-head coming on Kendrick Lamar. Man, it's a whole bunch of stuff going on. <laughs> and if you're still in the Timberland mood, you can check out my 25 best Timbo beats. I did that a few years ago, and that's on the site. Nice. Sorry, Ed. Your your ninth wonder list. Do you have Little Brothers Hiding Places on there? Little Brother is up there. I don't know of Hiding Places. Oh. <laughs> there are like five Little Brother songs up oh. there play. I can't remember. How does I, Kyle even know that? I know, song? right? What the heck? That's the only Little Brother song I know. I don't even know how I know that song, but <laughs> it's fire. It's a good, it's the song to know. I'm not mad at this. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got So? Well, a whole bunch of new music dropped in the past few days, which is crazy because I was just telling you, Kyle, and complaining that nothing is coming out. So yep. check all that out on the site. Our Robin Thicke interview is out. Um, check that out. We were happy to interview for the first time after all these years. Yep. Um, other than that, you know, we've been still putting out these top 10 lists. We have the Timbaland article we put out. Um, got some other things we're working on behind the scenes. So yep. head over to the site and check us out. Yep. Tom is not lying. I went to the site today because I've been trying to catch up on music because I've been kind of behind in the past week. There were like 10 tracks that came. <laughs> that was the last time I stopped by the site. So go get caught up. Yeah, I think you'll like the Lucky Day one, Ed. That's a good one. I haven't gotten to that yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah. So, guys, I think that's it for, for this week. We might have to bring a guest on here again to talk about these epic producers, but uh, we'll figure that out next week. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, uh, we'll be back next week. I think we'll be back next week. You never know, but we'll be you back. Never know. <laughs> and uh, you guys continue to stay safe. We're almost out of the dark. Or we might just be in the beginning of it. I don't know, but <laughs> Listen, very guys, optimistic. Player. Just grab a bag of conversation hearts and ride it out. You'll be good. Yes. Oh my God! You can go and 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 make chalk figures on the street <laughs> because that's the only thing they're good for. Draw on the oh. sidewalk. Mm. Actually, I have one more thing to say before we get out of here. I'm late to the uh-huh. party, but I finally tried the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Oh, what did you think? That thing is the greatest thing since. Anything ah. that it's worth the lineup, Ed. It's worth well, thankfully, they're not any lines anymore thanks to COVID, but yes, it is worth the hype. Um, <laughs> you might have to eat some fried chicken, maybe. I mean, I'm still Tom uh, wouldn't like it. I had the um, the Chick fil A one, the spicy one, it was all right. I mean, I don't get the hype with all these fried chicken sandwiches. Give me my plain grilled chicken, make it oh, neat. God. I don't want any, I don't want any gunk on there. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> yes, well, uh, we out. We're all right. You guys take care. We'll be back next week. Go right. eat your chalk. <laughs>